Corporate people hire someone to come in just to shift the morale. Morale is everything. We are literally morale shifters. We can come in a room and that room could be sobbing and I can shift the entire room. One person, I can I can make everybody in that room feel good. Just like when you were like, man, I, I may need to be a different type of coach. Uh, people tell me I'm only inspiring. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Well, if you got that down, that's the best thing you can do. Because now you can inspire means you get people to take action. And you, you immediately was like, hmm. So when you understand this gift mm-hmm. that you have to be able to ship into the room, you need to use that. The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you want to leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you want to own your own time, and you want to build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's going to take community and it's going to take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully. Now let's get back to the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Young, and I have, I got my coach hey. sitting right next to me. Let's go. It's going to be a That's really a dope good. sweatshirt, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Dream builder, stand up. <laughs> Let's get, to the dream builders. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really ex- extremely thrilled to have a conversation with you. Yeah. Get into your mind a little bit. Um, okay. But without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself? Yo, I'm Worth Taylor. I'm a launch strategist. I'm also a... Uh, believer, husband, and a father. And I'm excited. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's a mastermind behind webinar. So I have um, toyed with all these extra ideas of how I was going to build my empire. I've tried a couple different solutions and I found that webinars is one way that I can actually stretch my myself and use my skills and abilities. So how about we start there? Okay. Like what was it that helped you understand webinars was the best way to launch and, and um, scale a business? Yeah. So when I started this entrepreneur journey, like most, you, you know, you're trying to find something that people would buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had a lot of failure. I created like 20 products and never got sales from them, first of all. But when I finally found a product that people would buy, I was like, man, I'm getting one to two sales, maybe three, maybe four, four sales. Um, but I, I needed more to if I was going to actually leave my job and sustain a business. Yeah. So I needed more predictable income. And so I started researching um, what are ways that I can get in front of people more and, and I need bulk sales and I want all of these things. And then uh, the, initially I found um, a guy that was talking about funnels and you do a freebie and you get everybody on your email list and you sell to them that way. And, and it works. However, it was still very slow paced. And I wanted like, how can I get in front of people faster? There was a young lady, Kim Luna. She invited me to a webinar. I saw her messaging and she was like, I'm going to teach you how to get more sales in your business. I'm like, boom, this is what I need. And we get in there. And as I'm going through this whole process, I said, oh, shoot, I'm in the system that I that I need to do. And the reason why I said that is because I did not know her in the beginning. And at the end, she had me ready to buy a twenty five hundred dollar product. And I'm like, I just met you. And now at the end of this 90 minute webinar, I am like, I am. I love you. And I'm about to give you my card and open this up. And like, I'm thinking like how many other people did that? And we learned, you know, I became a student and I later learned that she made $1.8 million 
off of that launch. And she used webinars the entire time. And I was just like, oh, shoot. This is it. This is what I need to do. And in her program, she actually was teaching you how to launch. And one of the ways of teaching how to launch was through webinars. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is what I'm doing. And I started doing it, changing things and kind of making it my own and, and launching how I launch. And that's just started going up from there. Mm, that's what I'm curious good. about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So you saw it work. And even you saw yourself in the system. Like, okay, yeah. I'm in the system. She got yeah. me in here. Yeah, I'm in here. And now you're a student. So what did your first webinar look like? Oh, it was still trash. <laughs> <laughs> <It> was still... <laughs> like, let's be clear. Like, I don't want you to think I hit it out the park. So my very first webinar, uh, I don't think I, I got any sales the very first one. Matter of fact, there were probably only three people on. And, you know, on the webinar, you can see when people get on and get off. So as soon as I saw one go, I just like, oh, my God, they hate me. They don't love me. You know, I'm dealing with the rejection of it. And I think as an entrepreneur, it's, it's important to understand your triggers mm -hmm. so you know what to do when those things come up. So like rejection, I'm sometimes triggered. You know, it goes back to childhood. So I had to see one person drop off. That's not a lot. It's still two on. But I had to now have a conversation within myself. Like, okay, they may have just got a call. They may have to do something else and all of that. So, you know, you still go through this emotional battle almost because you're really putting yourself out there. Um, so I did it. Um, no one bought, which was cool. Uh, I was discouraged, but then I did it again because I, like we were just talking about before we started recording, um, I'm the type that once I do it, it's not going to look the same the next time. Yeah. So I was able to change like, okay, first of all, why didn't people show up? I thought I probably had like 20 people registered and I'm like, well, all 20 didn't show up and I, you know, they forgot. I didn't have reminders. And then I had to look at well, what product was I selling, you know, and would people buy this? I was selling like a 30-day motivation journey. And it was okay. like, I didn't really know how to say what it really was. So no one bought. So I changed these things. I go back and I'm now selling what is Dream Builder Nation today. You don't even know Dream Builder Nation started off at $20 a month. What was the premise behind Dream Builder Nation? So it was to help, um, like as I started shifting, it was to help initially to help the mindset of entrepreneurs. Okay. Like I had a, had this 30 day journey that I would take people through and then I took them through a 90 day journey. Mm -hmm. Well, I wanted you to just focus on your habits, your mindset, your affirmations, who you are, creating some structure, going live. So it was, it was really just kind of shifting that. And this is the most important part of entrepreneurship. However, it's hard to package and now get people to think like, this is your problem. Yeah. So you got to show them something else. Oh, no, you know, I'm going to teach you how to get sales. But once you get in here, sales is all about your, your mindset. Anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I got to teach you that. I show you what you want, but then I give you what you need, yeah. you know, type of thing. And so that's what it started off as twenty dollars a month. You would get, you have a community. I would do calls every single morning, doing motivation calls. Um, my first dream builder was Camille Dangerfield. She got on. Um, she was on there, and she bought right on the actual uh, webinar. I'm doing a webinar, and then uh, I say I'm, the link is now there. Let's go, y'all. Let's get in. You know, let's get going and all of this stuff. And I see her jump in. I said, oh, Camille Dangerfield. Welcome to Dream Builder Day. I'm like, I'm geek. Like, oh, I just got to sell. Yes. And then I'm excited. So now I, I exaggerate a little bit. So I say, all right, y'all are just coming on in, you know. And finally, somebody else, they jump in. Mm -hmm. So we had two Dream Builders. 
Um, and I just I just kept going from there. And then I was like, this is how I want to launch. I got two sales. I had never gotten two sales in one day. Was it for the $20 a month or was it for like 20, a year? No, it was $20 a month. So you started I wasn't that, doing? I wasn't that smart yet. Gotcha. <laughs> so, well, so that means you started doing webinars before you started doing high ticket sales. Yeah, I, w- I didn't know anything. Listen, my friend had said that should be at least $97 a month. All right. And I was like, no. No, I can't. Who's going to give me $97 a month? So me doing high ticket, which means your product is high price, like $3,500 and up, Mm -hmm. you know, um, people consider high ticket, right? Mm -hmm. So me thinking about somebody giving me even $1,000, even $200 was like, never, it's never going to happen, right? So I did something that I thought like, people got to do this, $20. Yeah. You have... And I had 10 people on that webinar, and I thought more people would have um, went for the $20. However, you start to learn the more you become mature as an entrepreneur, you start to learn it's never about the price. doesn't matter. You, you can you can have a $2 product. Why do you think people still market $1 products? You see people on Instagram still marketing a $1 sale, right? Everything is going to take the same energy. You're going to put the same energy into marketing. You're going to put the same energy into creating. So it's not the price. It's it's about getting people to understand what is in it for them. Yeah. And people forget that part. They start talking about like here's all of the amenities that you're gonna get and all of this stuff. But it's like I, you're doing that to big up you. Like look at everything I put in here. I got hundred videos. I got worksheet. So you're like. <laughs> I'm thinking about the reel that you did. Yes. Where you literally was going through all the features. Yes. And there's a whole mindset shift that we got to go through when we go we go from like selling all the features. Yes. To selling what you're talking about. Exactly. The actual need. The actual need. We sell the features. Yeah. And the features. The reason why we're so excited about the features is because it's something we created. We get excited about boasting about our creation. Which your creation is dope. I want you to be proud of it. But that's not what gets your people to make a decision. Yeah. So what really gets them to make a decision is you understanding how is this going to relieve the pain that I'm in today, right now? How is this get me out of my current situation? Whatever industry you're in, whether it's weight loss, marriage, I'm I'm having problems in my marriage. You, whatever you present me, I don't want to know what well, you're going to be able to get on three calls with me. For, what does all of that mean? What does that mean? How does all of this stuff you're telling me get me out of this situation with my wife where we're sleeping in separate rooms? We have our kids and they're asking questions. Get me out of that now. Yeah. And if you can tell me you can do that. Money. Okay. I'm gotcha. good. You, they'll invest. So your, um, you talk about in your journey how mm-hmm. you started off trying to help people build the entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah, yeah. And you were talking about how you talked to a whole bunch of people who hate their job in corporate, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And that was you talk about how you re- you recognize there was a difference between people in corporate who hate their jobs and people in corporate who like their yeah, job. Yeah. Nine to five, happy and unhappy. Yeah. So yeah. tell us how how did you def- decide or how did you find out one that there were two different types? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like. That's that's goes into like actually understanding your audience mm-hmm. and and I had to learn that you know there's a language that everybody speaks. Mm-hmm. So when you say everybody is your target audience, you you're limiting yourself because you're now not focused on one particular person and you can't speak their language, right? So mm-hmm. when you when you get married, it's like I am devoting to you, so I'm going to learn you, and I know I know your love language, and I'm going to do those things, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is with marketing. So for me, 
I was doing all of this motivation stuff. And I learned that a lot of nine to five or, or corporate workers, um, because I was in corporate and jobs at the time, I was going to schools and all of those things. They were following me and I would say, hey, get on my list. You know, I'm going to send you daily motivational emails. People were doing that. Right. So I have this whole list. But as I start to learn, I start to learn entrepreneurship. I started learning how to sell a product. I start doing all of these things about digital product, creating funnels. So now um, I'm on the point of leaving my job. So now my emails shift over. I'm now telling them like, look, this year I'm going to get you out of your job. I'm going to do these things and all of this stuff. And so I now create a product, you know, called the nine to five escape plan. And people are opening the emails like normal, but no one is buying. No one is, is doing anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm weirded out. And I finally get an email that says words. What are you talking about? I'm not leaving my job. Yeah. And I respond back like, why not? You like your job? And the person, she is a, a female, she's like, yes, I love my job. I was just listening to you for mindset and motivation, and it was getting me through my day. I'm not trying to leave my job. And right then and there, I was like, oh, shoot. So there's people that actually love their job. And she was listening to me for mindset. No, so, so now I think about if I had had a product then that would talk about I'm going to teach you how to get um, get a raise, how to negotiate a raise. Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you how to get, um, what do you call it when you get another promoted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to teach you how to get promoted within your first 60 days. I'm going to teach you how to um, create a social network among you. You know, whatever, you know, um, those things would work. How to climb the corporate ladder yeah. and all of those. That's That's their language. That's their messaging. Yeah. Had I been doing that, I may have gotten a couple sales. But where does that fit within your mission? Because I, I you know, I created the, the corporate exit blueprint. Honestly, sim- similar yeah. journey. Um, but I also, I don't necessarily want to necessarily help like people who are going up the corporate ladder, right? Right. That, because my personal, my personal help is this way. So how did that fit within your? It did. Uh-huh. That's why I didn't get any sales. Gotcha. So I shifted to. Oh, I need to focus on the people that don't like their jobs mm. or either they may like it, but they have an entrepreneur journey that they want to pursue. Right. So they're an, an aspiring entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so I started focusing on on them and you and figuring out their language. So I didn't always say, oh, you hate your job. I, w- I would say like right now, like the messaging or emails like right now you may be e- reading this email for your job. And and you're loving what you're doing, but you're constantly distracted during the day because you're thinking about that product or that business that you want to start on your own. You're thinking about the freedom. You know, you're thinking about what you could be doing right now instead of sitting in that cubicle. And I get it. I was there as well. So, like, you see how that messaging changes? Absolutely. Everything. And then the person's like, yes. Like, that's all I could think about. My business. Every time they're talking, you know, to people, they're talking about their business. They're talking about, man, what if, you know, and I thought about create this and you're constantly talking about it. Yeah. And now I'm saying, listen, I'm going to help you make that come to fruition. Yeah. And then I started to see, see some growth. Uh, and then I end up shifting to full-time entrepreneurs. Um, so it's, I think, um, I will say when it comes to finding your target audience, 
getting your messaging down, all of that, you just have to start. The evolution process will happen. Even when it comes to niching down, I tell people you need to niche your target artist, niche what you're saying, niche down to one problem. Well, that's kind of hard to do right now when you when you think like, man, but I could solve 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you don't really understand that you solve only 19 of those just okay. But there's one where you are the master at. Yeah. So it's, you know, I had to find which one. I had to find that one that I was like, oh, this is me. This is my zone of genius. You keep me here and we're going to go to the moon. So those, those are the things we're marketing now. That's exciting. Well, speaking about Target, it's exciting and it's also uplifting uh, mm-hmm. for, for me to kind of continue to be in between zone of excellence, zone, zone of genius, and yeah. just get comfortable in that. But a part of like the Target audience and then like knowing your avatar a lot of things that we that we that I learned is it starts with who you are. Like what, yes. who were who were you when you started where you were, and then how are you going to get that person from moving forward? Yes. So what was your relationship with corporate before you left your job? So um, I I hated it. I remember my my boss when I so I had a couple of jobs. I've got, I've been fired from a couple as well. I my buddy Abdul says this. I am psychologically unemployable. Mm. Right. So. Uh, I remember I went to a corporate job and not saying that the job was bad it just wasn't for me um, I was doing it because I had failed so much as an entrepreneur that I just I just literally could not take it anymore I'm like my, I'm putting my wife through this I'm putting our kids um, through this it's just a lot I need some type of security some certainty yeah. so I do it and uh, I remember my, after about uh the first day I come home and I'm crying. My wife is like, how, how was your first day? I'm like, hey, people go here to die. And I'm not saying anything about the people. I'm just saying a person with a dream, that's where it dies. Dreams die. And I'm like, I can't see myself doing it. And I remember the first, they, they do like a first, the seven day end of the week check-in. My supervisor comes up to me. She kneeled down in my cubicle. and She was like, so how's your first day? And Tears in my eyes. I didn't let one go, but I, I said, I literally said, I hate it. I hate this. I said, but I can't leave it. I won't leave it because of my family. Mm-hmm. You know, so I started attaching this to my family. Um, the biggest thing that let me know it was time to go for real is a guy who had been watching my videos and motivation and seeing me win and encourage and all of this stuff. Like I'm walking out and he was like, words, words. Is that words, Taylor? And because, um, you know, in corporate, they use your real name. They don't care anything about this brand you're trying to build and all of that stuff. So I hadn't heard words. And I look around like, yeah, it's, it's me. And that kind of perked up like, oh, people know me. Oh, shoot. And he said something that changed my life. He said, what are you doing here? And I was like, no, I'm working. Yeah, I'm, I work here. Now. He's like, I know you work here, but what are you doing here? Yeah. You're not supposed to be here. And that right there. Um, in a moment where I was just feeling very low and inadequate, he doesn't even know. My man just ignited something back in me. And I was like, I got to get out of here. Mm. And so I started, I added a second job. I was doing there from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. I would go to my other job from 3.30 to 11.30. Um, and I was like, I'm going to save money, but I'm going to build my business as well. And I would come home. I'd get home about 11.45. My wife will tell you. I would stay up until like one or two trying to work on my business, but I needed 
more capital. So I just took on a second job. And now I understand, you know, you can make money without taking on a second job or even having to leave your house. But this is the only way you know, at the time. that I knew at the time mm-hmm. where I could create some income. Mm-hmm. I did that. And then slowly I'm like, okay, I can get out of this job. I removed the job. I had something else set up. Um, and then I end up, you know, leaving the um, the part time job as well. But that was my process, and like for me, I think the reason why corporate corporate would have been better if I was raised raised differently. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't raised to be a part of a system. Yeah, my father's a full time entrepreneur. Really, he he didn't work a job. He like my man knew how to go out and create income. Is that why you tried entrepreneurship different times and you decided, okay, I'm going to go and try this other thing real yeah, quick yeah, yeah. to it was, get myself together? Yes. It was both of us thinking that his way wasn't the right way. Got it. So people started telling him, like, you need to make sure your son gets to college because you want him to get a good job. You want him to you know, have it different than what you're doing. Not knowing that my pops was doing, he was, his actions were, were the correct actions. You know, well, based on what he desired from me. Right. You know, maybe other people. So we were trying to get me to fit into a system. But for the 18 years I was at home, the system was entrepreneurship. Yes. Mm -hmm. So now I'm trying to fit into the school system. I'm trying to, you know, and I failed semesters. I even got kicked out at one point and all this stuff. And then I'm trying to fit into a job. And now where am I at? I'm a full-time entrepreneur. I'm right back where it feels comfortable because this is how I was raised. Yeah. And so me trying to fit into the system, it didn't work for me. I wasn't even taught to think as an employee. I was always taught to think ownership. Think create your own income. Think boss. Think my pops used to say, son, you're a millionaire. I heard these often. You're a millionaire. Hmm. You think like a millionaire. And he was, even as he, as he was like disciplining, there was some like, he was a hard pops, right? He's a hard father. But even through some of the discipline, there were still compliments in there. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you, you too smart to be doing these type of things. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're a leader and you know, leaders don't do, you know, you know, mm-hmm. all of these things. So he's still, he's angry, but he's telling me like, this is unacceptable because you are here. Right. And that's how I was taught to think. That's fire. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about the difference between millennials who want to be entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and entrepreneurs back then. Kind of trying to understand your dad's perspective. Yeah. Because nowadays, I had a friend of mine ask me, like, do you think entrepreneurs back in the day wanted to be entrepreneurs to be rich? Or do you think it was more so about freedom? Versus now, we have people who mm. quit their jobs because they want that six figures. That's good. Mm-hmm. Do you think your dad was an entrepreneur out of necessity or because he had a dream? I think. I've gotten so many questions about this brand and I'm super excited to share that this episode is sponsored by Black is Wealth Clothing. Now, Black is Wealth was created to inspire and empower our culture to tap into our wealth. Now, when we talk about wealth, we're not just talking about financial wealth. We're talking about the strength, resilience, and brilliance that lives inside of all of us. Now, by tapping into our wealth, we can create any form of wealth that we desire. So, if you like this shirt or any other shirt that you've seen me sport on my Instagram or any other sh- any other platform, then go check them out at blackiswealth.com. I love this one. And y'all are going to love it too. Now let's get back to the episode. It started off for sure as a necessity um, just because he never graduated high school. So um, 
I think the highest level for him was maybe his sophomore year or something like that. So understanding that during those times, you know, the job market, you know, maybe uh, you at least had to have a high school diploma or something mm-hmm. like that. And maybe he didn't want to do just like, oh, I'm in a factory or anything. You know what? Matter of fact, he did work in a steel mill for a while. Um, I didn't live with him for my first seven years. Okay. By the time I moved there, he had shifted away from that. And then he was like doing his own like hustling thing. But I think that came out of, uh, man, I got I got to take care of my son now. I got to do something that's going to bring in money. And I can't be at a steel mill doing overnight shifts. Um, he had hurt his wrist. It was wearing tear on his body. So for him, uh, I think it was a necessity. And because probably because he felt very limited mm. on his options. Um, maybe because he was more set up at himself later because he didn't finish high school. Which now he's gotten his GED and everything. Like he's, he's, Is he still an entrepreneur? Oh yeah, most definitely. That, that won't change. That. Do you feel like, so a lot of times as children, we end up teaching our parents things. And because he's already created the system of entrepreneurship out of necessity... He's bred a, a dreamer. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Do you teach your dad how to be a dreamer? Have you seen some of that rub off on your dad? I think, um, so like, we do have this conversation and he'll hit me with the, are you, you know I'm the father, right? And I know, I get it, I get it. You know things are different, right? People market different, right? So I think now, whereas before, when I first learned, I was coming with my, my ego and chest out like, you know you're doing that wrong, right? Um, so at that point it could look like an attack and you know then he can get very defensive like I did this how you think you but today I think it's more so of him now understanding where my skill set is so he was like yo so I already got the business I just need help getting it out there so now it's easy to submit to um, you know something when you're like I know this is not my thing so whereas I was attacking the thing that he did very well mm. but that's because I was just now learning that I didn't know what my my one thing was so now when I understood oh no my one thing is strategy and launching mm-hmm. that's I'm a launch strategist so now he can see oh okay this is where my son comes in got and it. I can teach from that level and he can receive got it so yeah. before you were kind of shooting all kind of entrepreneurs yeah yeah I've been an entrepreneur yo <laughs> Okay, like, I've been here for years. You know what I'm saying? Like so, um, and I just seen him. Just he, you know, he does real estate. He owns property and all of those things now. So it's it's pretty dope to see what he's built, um, you know, for himself, and then how I was able to benefit on a high level from it. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned skill sets, right? And mm-hmm. part of it is like niching down as a business owner, yeah. but as a person, yeah. Um, you're also learning about yourself. So I think back to the time where you have um, your coworker in the, in the parking lot, like, what are you doing here, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of opens you up to the possibility that, oh, I can do this entrepreneur thing, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, and it, it, honestly, your story kind of reminds me of a situation where an HR manager told me, like, you should be an entrepreneur. You really... And oh, that's dope. The funny thing is, I've been raised as a, a system type person so i'm thinking you just don't want to give me a job Mm. you just don't want to help me i took Mm. it so bad good that's good it's it's crazy yeah yeah when she told me that i just it it locked me up it it made me a little bit upset so for you it freed you 
Yes, if she would have said that to me, I would have been like, no, okay, you're right. Oh, my God, okay, let me get back on track. Exactly. So, yeah. speaking of yes, which. Yes, that's good. That's good. Literally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning a lot through your yeah. story. So, you start learning about yourself. Yeah. And a lot of stuff that you talk about right now is DISC, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, I'm curious, at what point in your journey did you start learning about DISC and, and how to figure out what your skills were? Yeah, I, I, uh, it wasn't kicked off until, like, 2018. Okay. Which was, um, um, I had said to my wife, I had just quit my job, finally. And was it after that conversation with him? It, no, it was directly after, like, let's say two weeks later, I connected with, um, um, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I, I did not quit until, like, six months later after that. But I had just quit my job, um, I had put in my notice after that conversation with him and I had another conversation with my buddy Christopher, um, then that's when I was like, I'm leaving. Okay. So I put out, I put in my notice and then it, six months later, I was out. Um, so, so after quitting my job, um, at this point, what was the original question? When you start learning about this. Okay. So at this point, I'm now, you know, I've, I've been doing these jobs. But I've been getting sales, all of this stuff. I'm doing webinars, mm-hmm. however, but you know, I'm I'm still only getting like 10, 15, 20 people on the webinars. I got more dream builders now. I end up going to a um, I finally did a hundred dollar product and I made five thousand. Yeah, we all we moving <laughs> up now. I did a hundred dollar product. I made um, right close to five thousand um, dollars. and I was just like, and this is all from webinars, and I was just like, oh we got the system and I was telling my wife I was like um listen we just need to I just need to do this every single month you know I can launch like this or whatever and what I really wanted to understand is I'm getting these people on but what is it that I need to say in order to get them to see that I'm the person that would help transform your life yeah and so I started um you know, I was already in conversation with E.T. And uh, we went to his conference in Chicago and they asked us to take the disc assessment. And then Moose, um, who, who was over there, he ended up breaking it down for us. D, the I, the S, the C. And I was just so fascinated. My wife was opened up and she was now like very in tune with her emotions. And we're both like, this is amazing. Yeah. So this is why you, this is why I... So we started learning a lot of stuff about our personality and our behavior. And I went up to Moose and was like, yo, are y'all teaching this? And that's when afterwards, E.T. hit me up and he was like, um, he says, hey, uh, we're doing a program. I want to invite you and your wife. I would love to have a married couple in there and all that stuff. And um, and he tells me the price. And at the time, I think it was like, it was going to be about $2,000 for the both of us. And all we had in our savings at the time was $2,000. And I said to wifey, now, keep in mind, I just quit my job. And I'm just like, oh, my God, we, we don't have it to, to do it. But I know this was, I just felt like this was going to be something that, that just got me to the next level. And I was willing to take the risk. So I bought it, and we get, become certified in it. And I'm telling you, I am like, oh, shoot, this is going to change how I even talk on my webinars. So I understood like there's four different behavior types. And I was like, okay, this person, there's a person that that likes 
the information faster. Mm. You know, less stories, but they're fact driven. They, you know, they're demanding. They want to see your accolades. They want to know that who you've worked with and you got some results. Okay, cool. I know this person. There's another person that is all about the engagement, the action, the stories, the the energy, and all of those things. So I have to give them energy. I have to use words like you know, inspiration, and all of this stuff. Um, I have to be inspiring and stuff like that. And then there's another person that needs bullet points. They want you to talk. There should be parts in the webinar where you're talking slower and you're being more direct and you're you're reading off of the, the bullet points. So I wanted to have slides to create this structure, right? And then the last person is more detail-oriented. So they want to know that you have a step-by-step system. I'm using words now like system and process and worksheets and taking notes and outcomes and percentages and conversions. So I'm using their language. Um, you know, with the third person I was saying, I'm saying, you know, imagine you being in position to help more people because I know their personality is all about serving and help, mm-hmm. helping. And then the, the second person, I'm like, imagine you being in a room and you changing the energy. Imagine the impact that you can have on people and all that stuff. The D, I'm like, imagine, you know, the, the projects that you can now manage and the success that you're going to have. And, you know, imagine how far you're going to grow and the money you're going to make. So when I see, when I start to learn this, and this is what we learned, it's called extreme execution. This is what we learned. And I was like, this is gold. And so I get back to doing my webinars. And now I finally have, I have my first $10,000 launch. I have a a 15K launch. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, oh, like. We found it, man. And right in the midst of these things, I get another call from uh, Eric Thomas, COO. And she's like, yo, he wants to talk to you about doing a funnel for us. And I'm like, okay, all right, uh, let's do it. So we get on the call. He was like, yo, so you talked about funnels and things like that. And the reason why they hit me up is because I started doing it and then I started teaching it for free inside with the other uh, extreme execution coaches. Got it. So I would do every Tuesday and Wednesday, I would just, yeah, I, we, we were in a text group at the time. And I would um, just text like, hey, y'all, I'm about to go, here's a Zoom, I'm about to go live today. Again, I'll be teaching on this, how I just set up this and how I made this and all of these things. And so I did that for like four to six weeks. And finally, they, I didn't do it for them to call me, but they ended up calling me. Yeah. And they were like, yo, we want to get a funnel with you to do a funnel for us, a webinar funnel. So now I now have my um, first person that is about to let me test this system that I've been you know, trying to figure out on somebody else. Yes. That's the crazy part. The first person I get to test it on is Eric Thomas. (laughs) And the cool thing about that is what it, what it says is for a person like me who doesn't have the Eric Thomas brand, it's like you were able to perfect your system with the resources and you figured it out on your own without the resources. Exactly. Which helps me understand, okay, you bridging the gap between us who don't have it and then those who do. Exactly. And so before I even got to his, cause you know, it it took a little bit cause of contracts and reading all that. My buddy, my guy, Richard, um, I think you met Richard. Have you met? No, you haven't. Okay. So my guy, Richard, and his wife, Adeze, they're like, yo, we got our product. 
we need you to launch it for us. So that launch ends up happening before uh, ET's launch. So I got a chance to see my system. And I'm telling you, I'm coming up. I'm bringing out all my ideas. Everything that I wanted to do for my own, but that I didn't have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. And I knew they had the bread. I knew they had the money at the time. I'm like, yo, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do Because I want to test out my system and see if it's full in the fullness, what would it look like? And we made over $100,000 in one night. And I was just like, oh, I told them we were going to do six figures. They said we want to get 100 sales. They had a $1,000 product. I said, we're going to do this. But I, I didn't really know. But I felt like if I did how I'm thinking in my head it should be done, this will be the outcome. And they were, I mean, we went out to this restaurant called Perkins that night at like 1 o'clock in the morning celebrating. Now, keep in mind, I'm celebrating their win of a $100,000 launch, and I am broke. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't charge for anything? You just did it on a volunteer? I, I just did it on the strength. Yo. Right. So, the crazy thing is, like, I, I had those 10 and 15K <laughs> launches, but you understand, I quit my job. So I'm using that to live off of, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, you don't have, I don't have that money. It was great launches, but I, there's a lot of strain on this business. Yeah. So I'm now trying to prove my concept. So they came, I did it for free. Um, but now <laughs> they're clients right now. We have a contract, everything I get paid from them. Cause they were like, well, we want to do it again. All right. Now it's different. Yeah. I've launched ET by then. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we we gonna yesterday's price is it, not today. Definitely not today's price. Okay, so 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 now I get I get a chance to I, I launch them. They they're good. I launch E and we take it to the moon. They extend the contract and then here comes Dave. Dave joins Extreme Execution. Ah, um. and I was like, oh, I even like, babe, Dave shits is in the group. And I'm like, I'm about to hit him up today. And uh, I just, I immediately like, yo, Dave, I want to talk to you about, you know, I was talking about building a community. And you know Dave's heart. He going to jump on the call with you. All right. I've been watching Dave for like nine months, 10 months at this point. And I even seen him. I started following him because he was in um, ET's uh, Breathe University mm-hmm. course. So I started following Dave back then. So he jumps on the call. I wasn't. I'm building my community. I ain't really need advice. So I listened to it and I said, uh, he was like, yo, so you should come out to my social proof conference. Yo, who's launching that? He's like, launching it. I'm just going to start posting it on Instagram. Mm. I said, bro, I can launch that for you. He was like, well, what do you do? I said, I'm a launch strategist. I launched Eric Thomas. Look, I got a name now. I got a name now. And I also launched my guy, Richard Duncan, his wife, Adeze, and they made this and all of these things. And he's like, okay, let's set up a meeting. I'm like, bet, let's do it. And again, I didn't charge him. I said, you know what? Because he even asked, what would you charge? I said, yo, let's just just build. Let's just build a relationship. And, um, you know, that ended up prospering. Like, that was good ground, you know, to actually, to pour a seed into was, you know, doing that. And he was even telling me, like, we launched it through a webinar. He was like, bro, this time last year, I only had five sales. Now I'm up to 100 sales off one webinar. Mm. One webinar, we got 100 sales um, for his, his uh, and he was only trying to sell, like, 300, 400 tickets at the time. And so I was like, oh, this is 
it. Yeah. I'm getting proof after proof after proof yeah. that this is the way to go. This is the system. This is the vehicle to use. And from him, from Dave Shands, came him 500 um, on, on online. Yeah. And, and then we launched him, do the same thing. And then, boom, it just starts getting crazy at that point. And all of this is before Corona. This is all before Corona. Because anybody can say, like, you know, during Corona, everything was virtual, so yeah. everybody's attention was on the computer. Yeah. yeah. This is before Corona, this so, like, before everybody's corona. in person. And, yeah. for, like, even, like, for myself, I've had to kind of talk myself through, like, doubts about, like, timing and will I be able to hold attention and all these different things. But this happened before people is, were even, like, virtual. Yeah, yeah, this is before. This is all before. Yeah. Now, when it got... Thank you so much for watching the Work and Play podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Boss Up Conference, which is a community for entrepreneurs, CEOs, celebrities, and corporate executives to come together, network, and solve some problems. Thank you all so much for being supporters of the Work and Play podcast, and thank you for watching the Work and Play podcast and all the episodes before. Now, let's get back to the episode. When when the COVID and all that hit, oh, we just, our business was just like, it Man. became too much. I start, I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to get a team now. I got to... Hire people and, and SOPs. Like, we got to put systems in place. Because all of this stuff is just in my head. Yeah. At the time, I'm the one typing all the emails for the client. I'm the, I'm doing the like the writing and on the sales pages and all this stuff. I'm doing all of that. Yeah. Because I had been, like, Kim Luna, she had a course on copywriting. I was So, I knew how to write copy. Mm. I knew this whole process. And I'm doing it for every client, for each client. So, I'm doing it for Dave. I'm doing it for E. I did it for... Rashad and Daisy, I did it for him 500. I did it for everybody that's coming. And then all of a sudden, we just get an influx. And and I'm just like, babe, we, we got to get people. Yeah. We got to get some people. I feel like that's an entrepreneur's dream. It, yeah. So you had two opportunities to test your uh, concept. The first proving your concept was when uh, you got to work with ET. Really, yeah. you had a, a budget to play, not play, but learn on someone else's dogs, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. And then the second one is when your system, when you found that your system worked on a one to one basis, you had another opportunity to also like pre- pressure test your system, yeah, and you, sure. you you quickly um you know picked up and got a team. One of the, this this whole conversation reminds me of my favorite uh, lesson in your course. Okay, and it's about relationship building. Okay, so um a lot of a lot of me learning about my D because I speak from a strengths perspective, but I do like the disc assessment um specifically like because it helps me understand behavioral patterns, mm-hmm. right? And um. What I like about the lesson that's my favorite is you put strategy behind like normal relationship building like tendencies. Yeah, for sure. So, um, for example, you talk about like you talked about when you said, "Hey, I'm gonna start teaching y'all how to do these like this webinar that I figured out how to set up." You were doing that on live every day for four weeks, mm-hmm. and then ET picks up. Yeah. You started to you basically learned a system or strategy around yeah. the I personality. Yes. I feel like that's specifically for me. No, it's huge. It's huge. So, so but my thought so and then another thing I can give you examples of that, but go ahead. Well, I absolutely would yeah. love that. Because yeah. yeah. I think the word social capital comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who have that relationship builder and, and influencer, yeah, and you're not so project oriented or execution focused. We have to learn how to monetize our gifts. Yeah, no, that's true. And I feel like you did that. Yo, E.T. said it's best. It's like the high I, which is that second behavior type that I was talking about earlier. uh, We are ATM machines. Mm. I love when he said it. And I didn't quite understand it until 
uh, it was like anywhere I go because of what's the information that we have and how we can deliver it, um, we can instantly be able to charge people. We can instantly, or when you're seeing people do the videos, who are they getting? They're getting the high personality person to be in the videos. Everyone, like Will Smith is, people, he's a high eye. Yeah. High personality, these are the ones that you're seeing actors and, you know, singers and performers and all of that stuff because there's a certain attraction. People want the high eyes to bring in the attraction. So literally, we can make money just just anytime we want. Yeah, with, with just our ideas. Mm. With just our energy. Energy. Yeah, people, you know... Corporate people hire someone to come in just to shift the morale. Mm. Morale is everything. We are literally morale shifters. We can come in a room and that room could be sobbing and I can shift the entire room. One person, I can can make everybody in that room feel good. Just like when you were like, man, I I may need to be a different type of coach. Uh, People tell me I'm only inspiring. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Well, if you got that down... That's the best thing you can do because now you can inspire means you get people to take action. And you you immediately was like, hmm. So when you understand this gift Mm -hmm. that you have to be able to shift into the room, you need to use that. Right. So I was doing it unconsciously. It's just something that knew. But once I understood that about E, then I I did it again. So I, I joined. I was a part of this network marketing company. Um, I joined that also the year I quit my job because I was like I'm still trying to make some money mm-hmm. um, what I noticed was like if I serve the people the people will market me to the higher people yeah. and people don't think that but this is real serving the people the people determine who's hot and who's not you can't like there are artists that come out like think about singers that come out and if if the market does not like them, if the people don't like them, they're not buying your CD. Mm-hmm. So this is why CDs flop. It's like, oh, don't, we don't like them. We don't pay attention to them. If, if a rapper wears something and everybody say, oh, that's trash, it's trash. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. The market, the people determine what's in, what's out. Who's canceled, who's not. That's the people. So I learned that if you serve the people, then the, the people will say, yep, you're in. Yeah. And they will start to market you. So with this network marketing company, this one guy, his name was Brandon Boyd. I understood like he had all the people following him. He was like the top when I first joined. But he had all the systems and all of these things. I learned that with men especially, and it's a shame to say like men don't often get um, validated. You know, I learned that you compliment a man, another man compliment another man, it instantly lowers their guard. Hmm. They're instantly like, oh, okay, well, I appreciate it. You noticed that, huh? Not to, and this is not just men, not people, period, like, don't get validated or recognized for the things they do or affirmed enough. Mm-hmm. So you can lower people's guard, period, from just affirming them and just making them feel like, Okay, somebody did see me. All right, thank you. You know, like, just see. Just, can you acknowledge that I am trying? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a, there's, a, um, there's a meme on Instagram 
where uh, it's like, so Jane, what do you do for work? My best, John. My best. <laughs> That's what I do. And people just want to be affirmed for trying their best. Yeah. So I go up to my man and I'm just like, yo, Brandon, what you are doing with this, this, and this, bruh, you're on point. And it's not gassing him. It's literally legit. Yeah. But I've just learned to lower my ego and understand that I can compliment another man and not feel like my manhood is in jeopardy because of that. Right. So I'm able to confidently go to him like, your system, your in this and this and this. Can you please tell me what I need to do? We're at a party, one of the, the parties for the, for the company. And he takes 45 minutes, walks away from his wife and everything and just talks to me. That's the first seed, relationship. What I had to know, what you also know, is the backstory of he was doing a thing called morning motivation. I needed to, he started it, I needed to start building a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So my guy, Richard, I'm like, yo, tell Brandon, I'm trying to get on morning motivation. Tell him it's the big guy that he talked to at the party with the red glasses. Seed was planted, I left an impression when Rashard talked to him, he was like, oh, I remember him. Words, right? Yes, words. He invites me on there. I then, he has like 20 people on at the time. I kill it. I only talk for like six minutes. He's like, bro, can you come back and do this three days a week? Yes. So now for the entire company, I'm doing a more than motivation call three days a week. Now there's six and seven and 800 and a thousand people getting on this. I am serving the market on the highest level that I can. Mm. All right. What happens from there? The big people in the company are like, yo, this is guy words. You need to start getting on his calls. He does Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So the calls go to like 2000 and we create a group. And in this group now, Morning Motivation on Facebook probably has like 28,000 people in it. Okay. So it's getting crazy where I'm known all over the company, it ends up getting to the CEO. The CEO shares my stuff on Instagram and he says, this guy here, everybody should be listening to. My Facebook, my Instagram at the time was maybe had 1,500 people. Boom, shoots up to like 6,000 people. Just in, and I'm just like, I'm just serving. Yeah. For free. Yeah. Not doing, not, I ain't asked anybody for any money. So he shares my stuff. I reach out to him. And I said, yo, his name is Chris Terry. I, I reached out to him like, yo, Chris, I appreciate you sharing my stuff, man. Salute. I got a lot of great ideas on how we can shift the morale and the, the mindset of the company. He says, here's my number. I'm like, hold, hold on now. You gave me your number. So I, if I get a number, I'm using it. Mm-hmm. I did all of my steps, played chess all the way up here. I'm using this number. So I hit him up, missing him, hit him up, missing him. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm about to hit you every day now. So I hit my man every day. What did you say? I'm just hitting him like, hey, Chris, you know, um, today is a good time to talk. Hey, Chris, I wanted to, to pitch this idea back about, um, you know, with you. Yo, Chris, I was sending him screenshots of what people were saying when I got off the call. Some of the comments like, yo, did you see this comment okay. and all that stuff? And so <laughs> finally, we get on a, there was a Zoom call happening. I jump on a Zoom call. He sees my face and he's like, yo, there's Words Taylor right now. Words Taylor, you know, and I have this recording, right? Words Taylor, if you're not on his calls and he's promoting the calls again. And finally, after that, he gives me a ring back. 
let's talk in the morning. He FaceTimed me and he was like, yo, I love what you're doing. I want you to do this and this and this. And right then and there, um, he starts talking to, um, what's the motivational speaker? The, the Les old Brown. Les Brown. Yeah. So Les Brown comes into the picture and I'm like, oh, oh my God. Les Brown is about to take my, like I didn't till all this ground. <laughs> So I talked to him. He's like, yo, this is what we want to do. I'm going to bring you on stage. Now think about it. It's 20. It's going to be like it's 20, 30,000 people in this company. And I'm about to be on the stage. And I get the call of like, yo, Les Brown. We brought him on. And it, you can't be mad. It's Les Brown. So, but what ends up happening is we go to Vegas. I see Les Brown. It's dope. It's incredible. I hit him that night. I said, yo, Chris. I love the fact that, you know, you got Les Brown on here. I said, this may be, you know, selfishly speaking. But I said, I till this ground, this motivation mindset. Like I've been putting in the work for the last nine months. I've done three lives a week. And I even started doing one for the UK team. I'm like, I've been doing four lives a week. I'm like, I haven't asked for anything. Like there's no way Les Brown should be on the platform and not, not be on there. My man was like, you're right. Let's get a contract and stuff set up. And and from then on, I got... And I still have... I'm still on there now. Like, I have my own channel on the on their platform where every... The whole company could come see me. And, they, you know, they got a, a retainer that I, I charge. So, I was able to, you know, start a different part of my business. Uh, retainer that they pay. And I'm teaching people uh, on there. And me and Les Brown were on, on there together. At one point, right side by side, um, he's no longer with the company, but that was right there. I was like, oh, my God, this is it. And people people knew, like people started getting on my channels like, yo, I've seen you go from here to here to here. And it was all because of, you know, what, what you just said. It's like the high eye has this this magnetic ability to attract people mm-hmm. to to shift like, you know, and the biggest thing is using the power for good. To actually take people where they want to go, not where you want them to go, yeah. but to give people what they desire, like and and so that's what I use. Oh, I love that so much, yeah. and and it gives so much context around why I like that lesson so much. Mm-hmm. Because I think before I listened to the lesson, um, I didn't have a strategy for being who being me. Right? Mm-hmm. I think in spurts, I might like just. I attract a whole bunch of people. I might even get scared. Like, whoa, where y'all come yeah. from? Like, yeah. and then because I'm not doing it, I'm not doing anything on purpose. Yeah. I think the course that lesson allows it just allows me to be more intentional. Yeah. And like I say, social capital. That's actually a term that I learned um, in my like my social work program around like community partnerships. When you're developing social capital with organizations intentionally. Yeah. And that lesson pieced together like the way we naturally are creating a system. That will pay dividends if you trust it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, like I said, before I learned about, like, the disc and before I watched your lesson, I, even, like, yeah, when it comes to, like, the high eye thing, sometimes I can feel like I'm just, like, all over the place, right? Yeah, we, um, we are. <laughs> <laughs> but but the also, the other thing that you mentioned in your story was um, feeling inadequate. The feeling of inadequate actually does kind of come up sometimes because yeah. when you're raising a systematic uh, perspective... The way to make money has everything to do with Absolutely. the other, the D's, the S's, yeah. and the C's. Yeah. And the I is not as validated in the systematic workplace. Yeah, for sure. So I'm curious, 
like when before you realized the power in um, everything that you were doing, do you remember or do you recall ever feeling like you didn't really know your gifts were valuable? Yeah, absolutely. What absolutely. was that like for you? Yeah, I think, you know, whereas um, I remember this this one time. So uh, like going back to the company, these are really good questions, by the way. Um, going back <laughs> <laughs> going back to, to the company, that was another event that we went to. Um, and the guy... I go up to this this older guy. He's there. He's like, "Oh, where's Taylor?" And by this time, like everybody in the company is starting to know me, and it's like it's a really good feeling to be validated on that level. However, when you truly still don't understand the power, you can you can be getting validation, but if you yourself are still um, dealing with inadequacies, inadequacies, it's hard to to see what they see. Like, and that was the struggle. So he comes up to me and he's like. You know, what do you charge for a keynote? And I'm thinking to myself, and I didn't even charge this. I'd only been asked to do a keynote maybe one or two times, and I maybe charged like 500 bucks. So I'm thinking, like, I charge $3,000. Okay? And I was like, I was comfortable with saying three. My man's like, you know what, words? Um, you need to be charging at least $10,000. And I was like, Okay, well, what he, he's like, I've listened to your calls and even I get inspired. And he walks away. And and another guy comes like, yo, do you know who that is? He's like, Ed, uh, I, I can't remember my man's last name. But he was like, do you know who that is? I'm like, no. He's like, oh, he's a millionaire. He does this and this. I'm like, oh, let me get back over this. Okay, well, listen, Ed, tell me what I need to do to charge for ten thousand mm. dollars like you know how you go from three thousand to ten thousand the next time you get an invoice or a, i mean the next time you get a proposal to speak just put 10 instead of three i said <laughs> bruh bruh listen here <laughs> looking here okay if it was that easy you know but it is that easy but it's the mindset shifting yeah right so that's to to dig into your question you know, when you feel like you have a gift, but you haven't completely owned it or understand it or know truly what it is, it's it's like um, paralyzing. It stops you from growing. It stops you from being able to make sound decisions because everything is based off of the fear mm -hmm. you feel. Everything is based off of you still like, I don't know me. I don't know if this is really me. So to charge 10000 was was like unheard of. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are they getting? And he was trying to convince me then, like, you don't know how you move a room. And, you know, just think about if you shift a perspective in somebody's thing and now they go off and now they actually start their business or now they actually do this. What is that worth? What is what worth? And he was like, the actions that you just influenced. Mm -hmm. And I could not grasp this concept at the time. Even a buddy of mine. Um, for free, I did a lot of serving to get up here, right? We sit down for a coffee and I go through his website. I go, I tell him what the copy should be. I start changing everything about it. And he tells me, he's like, man, he calls me back like three, four months later. He's like, words, but you will not believe I've made $52,000 in the last. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, one consultation with you shifted that perspective he's like you gotta charge more and he's telling me the same thing yeah. I, I can see it later 
but they're both saying a conversation with you. The energy that you gave me, that you transferred, the the inspiration, the hope, the clarity. You know, not only did you teach me the steps, but you then motivated me to take the steps. And you even made me feel like I need to take these steps. And you told me why I should take it. And I'm like, is that? Do people pay for that? Would somebody pay? I know today, yeah. but I didn't know it then. And that that you get stuck. You you start to feel very inadequate at that point, and you start to feel like, man, I'm never gonna get it because everybody else gifts. You can see it. You can point it out. It looks very tangible. It's like I know what you do. Yep, you you do that, and you're a project man. But are people just gonna pay me? To talk to like it don't make sense. Yeah. But today, my zone of genius is talking. I tell my team, I say, yo, only thing you gotta do is make sure I'm talking. Don't ask me to do anything else. When I respond, y'all, you even know him from DMing me. How do I respond back? Voice. <laughs> yeah. Keep me talking. Yeah. I don't wanna do once you have me doing this, I'm now adapting. I don't wanna adapt. I don't wanna live in the adoption, I get stressed there. I don't want to text back. I don't want to, to read these long emails. If you must, like just drop me a call and tell me what you're saying or drop me a voice memo. I'll I'll listen to it while I'm driving, while I'm transitioning, while I'm walking or working out. Something do not do yeah, so I'm limited. Books, I'm listening to them on audio. Cause I learned my zone of genius comes from when you put me in a room and I can talk and I can teach. And I can transform and I can demonstrate. Ooh. That's that's the zone of genius. Didn't I tell you that I'm excited that you were my coach? Let's go. Did I not tell you that? Let's go. I appreciate it. I'm Let's excited it. for so many reasons. Let's go. Um that I can't even fit in this one yeah, conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm thinking about you you mentioned your team, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, man, I'm still floored at the fact that you don't have to, you don't force yourself to type. You no. don't force yourself to read. You don't force yourself to operate in the way that everybody else no. operates no. just so that you can adapt to what they do. No, no, no. I feel I, like that's I need, to, I need to learn how I learn. Yeah. I need to receive how I receive. And then if I'm doing, if I'm doing it how I do it, I'm going to receive it a lot faster. Yeah. And then I'm going to be able to apply it a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So me reading a book, like my wife, you got to give hers in a book. Mm-hmm. She will hit 500 pages. And if you let her have the whole day, she'll probably have it done that day or the next day at least. Mm-hmm. Right? Me, 500 pages, I'm going to need the whole year on that. I'm going to need, I'm going <laughs> to have to read one sentence over and over. I'm trying to visualize it. Wait, what are they saying? Yeah. I lose my thought. I lose, like all of those things. But when I hear the voice, the audio, and I hear the inflections in your voice and all of that stuff, now I can... I can receive it, I can digest it, and I now I can apply what I'm learning a lot faster. Yeah. So why would I do the reading part? Not now. I'm not saying that I don't do books. Yeah. Okay. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, you know, I am. I'm all about new books, reading books. I've had us read books and all that stuff. I'm saying putting the eyes to the page. That's going to slow me down. So now you think if it's going to take me a year. To get to the aha moment because I'm reading the book, I, I just lost a whole year. Yeah. But if I can listen to the book on 1.5 speed mm-hmm. and be done in seven days, now I have the whole year to apply. 
That's the difference. So now when you start learning yourself, you learn how the speed is not fast is not about speed. Mm-hmm. Like fast is about deliberate actions, deliberate yeah. movements. Yeah. Step by step. You can I can start going faster just by taking deliberate steps. I got the book done soon. It gave me the steps. Now I can take those steps. Mm. That's how I'm going to speed up. Yeah. But I'm going to slow down if I'm adapting, if I'm not who I am. That's, That's key. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. A lot of times, and it's, it's similar to the strengths conversation where there's 34 strengths. It's like Gallup Strengths Finder. Yep, yep. And you got, you got your 34, but then the yeah. number 34, yeah. somebody might spend all day long trying yeah. to perfect 34 when they should really learn how yep. to just be number one. Exactly. Um, exactly. And that speaks specific to, yeah. to my journey. Mine, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You do, you like really well. Everywhere, every time I answer, I'm, just, I'm telling a story. But that's what I found in. And the strength finders. Mm. One of them is storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing your wife told me yesterday, I got a yeah. chance to talk to her. She yeah. was saying, and, and this helped me as well. You created your team of S's and C's. Right. Because it allows you to be an I. Yeah. And I think every entrepreneur's dream is to develop a team that, that appeases their, their strengths. Yeah. But before we become that successful, become before we become that level... Yeah. We are doing everything. Yeah, yeah. So in your like entrepreneurial journey, you were doing everything. Doing everything. Can you can you imagine like some of the projects or even like a loss that you know you could have probably delivered if you had the team but you didn't? Hey y'all, let me tell you about my friends at Run the World Clothing. Run the World is a community empowerment brand that chooses to educate on black history, black culture, and black radical thought through apparel and experiences. Run the World is a vessel to celebrate the black experience for our black people and our allies. And I have on one of their latest pieces from this season's collection. So if you haven't seen Run the World Vic's episode on the Work and Play podcast, go check it out or go to the website to check out some of their apparel. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... that's everything we probably could have maximized the money that my client made and Mm. all of those things i probably could have taken more clients on um but again when i say i how i learn Mm -hmm. is important um to speed me up um how i like to to communicate is also important so now because i'm doing one man job i'm writing all the emails Mm -hmm. look i'm adapting i'm using my hands Mm. whenever i start using my hands I'm now in adaption mode. Yeah. This is not my go-to. Yeah. My go-to is here. Mm-hmm. So when I, I have to do this, I'm building the pages. I'm doing the slides and all that. So I'm slowing down and I'm getting stressed weekly. By the day, I'm getting more and more stressed because I'm in a role that is non-fitting. And so now this is hindering the growth of our business. And I probably could take another client, but I'm so stressed in this one that I'm now having to turn down my insight. No, I'm I'm saying stuff like we're full. We're not full at the time when it was just me, but I'm so stressed. Like I don't even want to take on. I got to pass up the money. Yeah, you know. And so now I'm building a team. I needed to build a team of of people that were like, oh, I like using my hands. I like creating step by step charts and all that. Oh, really? Because I don't like doing any of that mm. stuff. So I I'm now you bring on the people that have. I, this is what their their uh, natural behavior is. I don't want another person that is adapt. I don't want anybody like me and I'm asking them to adapt to this role. I want people like, this is naturally you. You naturally think this way. Yeah. You think in steps. 
you think in conversions and percentages and facts. I need that. And then when we brought on our operations, G, like that's the D, right? Like that's the person that is the whip cracker. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the one that I want. Like I'm a high D as well. I mean, I like stuff done, but I love being this person. Mm -hmm. I love being the energetic person and all that. The experience. Yeah, the experience. When you have to be the other person, her role that means you're always pushing people, demanding people, asking them about, okay, when are you going to have that done? And why isn't this done? It's like, to me, that may be very mean, but it's not. It's just how they think. They, You gave them a job to get to push the project forward. Mm-hmm. They're only trying to get the project forward. Yeah. Now, people are going to look at them like, you being mean. No, I'm holding you accountable to what you said you can do. You said you can do this. And you agreed to these check-ins. Don't be mad because I'm actually checking in. Holding you accountable. You know what I'm saying? And that's what... I don't like that. Mm. I don't like doing that to people. Yeah. You know, I don't even like like seeing somebody works for me. I like, like, oh, yeah, we've partnered on this. It it just... I want everybody to feel like they're bosses. Um, And that's why even with the team, I'll tell them, like, yo, you should be working on at least your own project, your own digital product. And if you're ready, I'll help you launch that thing. You know, so you can... You can still be creating your own passive flow of income. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's that's where how I, you know, we start building a team. That's what I said. That two thousand dollars I invested, just oh my goodness, to, to to look now how we operate our team, how my wife and I communicate in our marriage with our kids, how I communicate with the dream builders, all of that stuff, me doing uh webinars, that two thousand dollar investment was an investment that has paid me over and over and over again. Yeah. And that's what happened. When you want to start really, um, when you find a teacher or coach and they have the $2,000, $5,000 investment, don't focus on the money. Focus on what will your life, what will your life look like after you get the information and apply what they're about to teach you? Is it worth it? And if you can't say that it will be worth it, okay, don't do it. But if you can say like, man, the way they're telling it, if I apply this information, I will now be here and I'll be able to do this and I'll have this type of relief and I'll be able to have this type of freedom. And I'll make, if your life starts to look better, when you think about what's going to come from this, you better, you better take it. You better do it. Yeah. And I did it every time with Cameron Luna's course. My life looks a whole lot different after that. With E.T., Extreme Execution, my life looks a whole lot different. After that, every every investment I've invested uh, into a Billie Jean product and um, that was five thousand dollars. My life looked a whole lot different after that because I'm applying these things. I believe in what the transformation. So, yeah. Now, um, I'm curious. I know you, I feel like you have a natural battery pack. Mm-hmm. Like in, in your back, and um, I got it. I got. I get a chance to kind of get to know you through like different interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm always curious. We also have a little bit of a difference. I was born in kind of kind of a systematic way. Yeah, you were yeah. born entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. which has that. I think about the the dichotomy of like hunger versus like a little bit of comfort. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I grew up middle class, right? So okay. mm-hmm. I never had that syrup sandwich story where, like, I opened up uh-huh. a refrigerator, I had the bread, I had the oh, syrup, man. so we had yeah. to make do. Yeah. But I resonate with that. E.T. story where he had to eat out the trash can. Yeah. I resonate with that. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know, something spiritual for me because I never had those physical experiences. Yeah. So for you, when you think about like what drives you um, on a daily basis, what's your syrup sandwich where you're yeah. like, I'm never going back to this thing yeah. again? Yeah, so for me, one, I say I grew up um, middle class once I lived with my father. Prior to that, um, I definitely had um, syrup sandwiches and all of that, you know, living with my mother, mother just because, you know, it was a different lifestyle. But now the driving force, and my wife will even tell you this. I probably just said this to her maybe a week ago. Um, I don't care what level. I heard Kevin Hart talk about this. Now, we know where Kevin Hart is. And he was like, I always feel like I'm going to lose it all. I always feel like this. And so like maybe a week or two ago, I'm like, hey, man, we just, we're making a lot of investment, stuff like that. I'm seeing money go out. It's just. It's making me uncomfortable, man. And I'm like, I'm not going back to the basement, you know. Mm-hmm. And the basement is when, you know, we're on this entrepreneur. And this is the whole reason I even just decided to go to corporate. You know, we had lost, we had lost our, um, I had lost a job um, or whatever. And we had bought a house and we bought cars and all of these things. And then we ended up losing all those things. You know, we had stuff repossessed and taken away. And it got to a point where we were going to... Um, pay, getting payday loans and we're going to uh, uh, pant- food pantries and all of these things and our friend, when we lost the house our friend, um, Sahai, she was like um, well, y'all can come stay they had just bought a house, y'all can come stay with us, you know, and so we stayed in her basement for like four months and as a man, you know, it just I remember um, with my daughter, uh, with my uh, wife I sat down with her pops and one of the things I said to him was like, you know, if you allow me to marry your daughter, because I'm, it was taught traditionally, if you allow, I still ask for her hand. If you allow me to marry your daughter, you will never have to worry about her like struggling or financially or anything again. And I just remember us being in that basement and I thought about that moment like, look at this. Like, this is where I have my wife and my daughter who was five months at the time. And we even had borrow money from her pops and I'm just like I am feeling the worst I'm very ashamed you know I asked my wife for forgiveness everything I don't even want to come upstairs you know my wife is like this is still cool for her this is like oh it's a transition so it didn't mean it may not meant as much to her but for me it's like I'm supposed to get a you know not make sure we don't get here so they were like yo dinner's ready and I wouldn't come in and come up and eat with everybody else I would eat and, you know, later at night, because I'm like, I don't even want you to see me, look at me. Mm-hmm. And during this time, I had four friends move into their new houses. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And I'm helping all of them move. One of them, my guy, Mark, he's like, yo, I want you to come over because um, he was getting his house built. He was like, they, they just finished out the framing. I just want you to come enjoy this moment with me. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is just... So I'm driving there and I'm like, be happy for your friend. Be happy for your friend. Be happy for your friend. Again, I can bring this energy and I get out and I'm like, oh man, I'm in your driveway, but this is your driveway. This is your, this is yours. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be, well, it wasn't really a driveway yet, but this is going to be your driveway. And he's walking through and he's like, yeah, so there's going to be a fireplace here because it's just the framing. It's not a house yet. They just framed it. We're still inside the house but we're still outside you know 
And he's like, yeah, and they're going to do this. And this, like painting a dream. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited for my friend, but I am hurting. You know what I'm saying? I am hurting inside. And so um, for me, like that's the place. It's like, I don't want to get back there. I don't mind celebrating my friend. My guy, Rashad, they bought a new house. And I'm like, bro, there's nothing wrong with the old one. So I'm just seeing it feels like everybody's progressing. Everybody's feel like they're winning except for me. So now you start comparing yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm in a place where it's now like, why? You know, you, I start asking, God, why, why me? Why I got to have all these hardships? Why? Now, now I start going to my childhood. You, 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 I didn't have my mother. Well, I'm going into everything and I'm just mad at this point. And so for me, it's like, I can't go back there. I can't go back to the basement and relying on the other people. I can't go back um, feeling sorry for myself. I can't go back to blaming other people. I can't go back to everybody feeling like everybody's winning except for me. So like that keeps me, it keeps me going. But more so, um, the reason I don't want to go back because then it slows down what I'm able to do for my my kids, mm-hmm. my family. Mm-hmm. Like what really gets me to to shift is me being able to be a provider. For my family, I have, I take pride in that, and being able to um, provide for them, but not just while I'm here, but even in my death. And so, if I can't do that, if if I if I take time out making mistakes and I got to go back to this basement situation, yeah. it's like it takes away from them. It takes away from what I'm able to do for them, what I'm able to teach, what they're able to be exposed to. You know, we we come visit here. We're in an Airbnb that is. You know, it's it's nice. You know, when my daughter, all three of them and me could fit in the tub. And it's like, they're like, whoa, daddy, we that's just exposure. Yeah. It's not fronting. It's like, it's exposure. They're now being exposed to these things. So, so you know, no, no, no. This is the caliber of life that you need to have for yourself. This is it. Mm-hmm. And you see daddy and see how we move. This is how you get it. Yeah. So, but if I go back there, we lose that. Mm. We lose that. That can't happen. No. That won't happen. No. Not no. for none of us. Not for the dream builders. No. Not for your family. No. Not, not for the world. No. So, no. no so, when I think about um, your whole story and the investments that you've made along the way that have clearly brought you to where you are today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only ironic that I've invested in the Dream Builder Nation. Yeah, and yeah. I, of course, have my own vision of where I'm Yeah, yeah, up. for sure, for sure. Um, when you think about, like, your level up, your next level, yeah. what is the investment that you're making in yourself? What kind of coaching are you doing? Yeah, yeah, so I, um, um, and I announced this to you all, right? So uh, I'm investing into a coach as well. So for me, it was like, bro, I want to make this type of money. And so I've, I found somebody that had made like five times that. And, you know, he's talking about, oh, this is this. The investment is, you know, it's, it's a high ticket investment. We're talking about, you know, let's just say higher than 10, <laughs> lower than than 60. OK. Mm-hmm. All right. But it, it was a. It was the largest investment that I've ever made in um, in teaching and in, in like my own mindset. But I understand not just mindset, but how to structure my business, how to like prepare for scale, how to build the team around the team that I have and create the job descriptions and all those. Like it's a lot of excuse me, there's a lot of things that's focusing on um, 
that really under to to really understand how to put people in position so you can so you can have a longevity type of business and then he even teaches you how to buy other businesses and all of these things Mm -hmm. so i invested into that i learned that um if you so let me ask you this if you wanted to get more sales Mm -hmm. right you maybe you're getting like five sales a day um and and you wanted to like i want to get 30 or 40 sales a day what would you think to do Scale up somehow, duplicate myself. I probably would be my first time. Okay, you duplicate yourself, like you know, get somebody else. Mm-hmm. Okay, to help you out. Okay, cool. So most people are going to do something like that. They're like, oh, let me hire an employee, or let me hire a team member, and that's that's how I was. I would think about it as well. Mm-hmm. Or let me start turning on ads, or let me do more videos and all of those things. We think about there's a symptom of I want more sales so we start creating solutions for that symptom Mm -hmm. when that's not really the symptom that that you should be creating a solution for anytime you want more growth you have to invest into you you have to invest into you increasing yourself and that will increase everything else around you if you start to learn more and you start to shift your uh, your perspective and you start to invest into mindset, you invest into other courses or coaches, things like that, that is going to be the thing that shifts everything else you do. So you will start to learn instead of guessing, do I need to do ads? Should I do? No, what you really need to do is start investing into, you know, you. And that is you investing into this next level. I just showed you every time I invested into something, I learned something, I came out of something out it with something that I can now apply to my business or apply to my life and grow it. Yeah. So instead of me actually saying, okay, I'm going to put this money on, you know, because I want to grow this part. I'm going to just put this money in here. No, it's like I go through a process of learning. So now I want to learn how to make tens of millions of dollars a year. So I got to go to somebody that has done it and has mastered it and I'm willing to pay the investment so I can do it. So it's investing into my wife and I. It's an investment into us. And as we increase, we're going to give this to our team. We're going to give this to you all. Every Everybody and everything around us grows. Mm. So that, yeah. So I, I would definitely suggest that we are um, very much being on point when it comes to hiring a coach, mm-hmm. investing into courses, investing into coaching programs, group coaching Whatever gives you the best touch, the highest level of touch, that's what I'm doing. Let's go. Let's go. Listen. Let's go. Listen. Yeah. I have thoroughly. Okay. Listen. Yeah. I think I got, I got my, Let's go. Let's got my go. investment in this conversation. Let's go. So, um, before we get up out of here, I, I always reach back mm-hmm. um, to. Some absolutely. Right, Listen, we got to okay. practice right. what you preach. This is the end of my gallon right here. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we want all of that. All of that hydration. So, I'm thinking about the folks. So, um, I always ask this question as I reach, as we go forward, we reach back to folks who um, haven't yet made their leap yet. And I know you're not working on like um, the aspiring entrepreneur anymore because you've already mastered that level. But a lot of times I'm talking to that person. Mm -hmm. 
And so as we get um, as we as we wrap up, I would love for you to kind of leave a word for someone who is in that spot Mm -hmm. where they are still aspiring. They're still in a corporate job. They're still in a cubicle and they want to become entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, What would you say to them and what's the first thing that they need to do in order to make their journey? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is um, I would focus on not trying to transition out of my job and keep the same lifestyle. What happens is you may be making $80,000, you're making $100,000 a year, so you have a $100,000 a year lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And you want to go straight from I'm a corporate employee to I'm an entrepreneur still making $100,000. Right. So you tell yourself that, well, I will leave, I'm, I'm starting my business here and I will leave when my business gets here. However, you what you should be doing is just proving the concept in your business. Once concept is proven, then I need to lower my overhead, my lifestyle, and then I'm going all in. Because to get to the 100,000, you need that time. You know, you need that time that um, that your job is now taking. Your job is now disrupting your dream, you know? So we got you we got to dig into that. So what I did was I think our overhead um, at the time was like $6,200 a month. You know, it was, I don't even understand how it got up there. I don't even understand how we were paying that. Okay. <laughs> but it was up there. So when I was trying to, to leave and stuff like that, um, I'm now, uh, I was now at a point where I'm like, okay, look, we need to lower this down. I got our expenses down to like $3,600 a month. Gotcha. So it was 62 and you went to 36. Like 36000 Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I mean $3,600 a mm-hmm. month. Because so, I think the first time you said 62000 I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. $6,200. I'm sorry. It was 6200 Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was 6200 a month. And I was like, I need to get this down to something. I got it down to 3600 3, And that's because... You know, we had the iPhone forever plan. So I just cut off the, uh, I just paid off the iPhone. I literally took the, like, okay, I need to give like a uh, disclaimer. <laughs> my my journey is not always going to be your journey. I took some huge risk. I'm not telling you to do this. However, I'm just telling you the journey that I took. Okay. So my wife still has some 401k money. I had a little 401k money as well. I took it all. I mean, I said I need all of it. Maybe it was like twenty six, twenty eight thousand. It could have been. Th- yeah, it, it's somewhere in there. I need it all. Mm-hmm. Okay, I paid off these iPhones. Okay, so we can get. So we just paid off. No new iPhones. I paid that off. Like, um, I paid off a a, a car that we had at the time. Uh, so it was like, okay, no more car. No, I needed to lower the expenses that we had. I cut off our cable. Um, I, I we stopped bowling leagues, right? We had, we had stopped doing some other activities. We stopped celebrating birthdays. I was like, look, no more birthdays, no more planning that out, and all that. And, and besides, I'm like, yo, we're just surviving right now, and I don't want to celebrate another year of survival. Mm-hmm. Like that's not fun for me. Yeah. So we we cut those things out. We we went from outdoor date nights to. Let's try to find indoor and we just do once once a month outdoor. So we really shifted a lot. There was a lot of apps that were getting me $10 a month and $15 a month. And I'm like, what are all these apps? 
cut off all of those apps and we were able to get it down to 3600 now when you look at it you're like if you've already proven your concept you look at $3,600 a month and you're like I could do that <laughs> I, could, I could actually make that work so as an entrepreneur it's just the jump doesn't seem as scary what you really want to do is make the jump seem as less scary as possible. You want the jump to seem as small. It's still going to feel, you know, but you're trying to just get it as less scary as possible. Yeah. $3,600. Can I do it? I'm thinking, yes, it's still scary. Like, I got to make $3,600 a month. Mm-hmm. However, I'm like, yo, it's less than trying to do $6,200. It's less than trying to pay $10,000 a month. I'll take the thirty six. I'll go ahead and jump. That's what I would suggest for people to do. Lower that overhead. And then, before you even lower your overhead, prove your concept. You know, and then lower your... You can actually lower your overhead anyway. Just start to... So you can start to get into those habits now. Mm -hmm. Right? So we stopped even wiping, getting our nails done. I stopped getting shaved by the barb. We cut out so much stuff. I was even trying to get us into a one-bedroom apartment. With just us and our kids. She wasn't going for that. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, no. I'm trying to get get it. Like yeah. cut as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But start to live that lifestyle now while you're proving your concept. And so you'll look. You'll prove your concept and you'll try it over and over again. And you'll look and see like, wait a minute. I only got to make. She only got to make $2,000 a month. Yeah. If a $200 product, you know, you're like, oh, I only need like 10, 10 sales, you know. Or, you know, whatever. I don't need 10 sales a month. Oh, I could do that. Can you get 10 sales a month? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Or you say to yourself, oh, oh yeah, I made five thousand. Oh, I got a $100 product. I need 50, 50, what? 50 sales? I could, I could do You start believing it. Yeah. And because it's, it's less scary. Mm-hmm. And you jump. Yeah. That's, that's how you do it. And if you can hit your goals as an um, entrepreneur while you're in your 9 to 5, then all you gotta do, like you said, hit the gas yeah, as yeah. soon as you have your time back. Yep, yep. And so, what I don't suggest. Mm. Hey guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play Podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe. Subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with. And drop a comment below so I know what other things that you want to see next. Now, let's get back to the episode. If you don't have your concept proven, don't quit your job first because if you're not utilizing the time you have available to work on your business, then when you have more time, you're not going to. Whatever's getting your leftover time from the job will will get more of it if you leave too soon. If you leave before proving your concept, if you leave before starting the structure of this is when I work on my business, I knew that I would work on my business this amount of time. Per day, whether I got off a job, whether I felt like it or not, my business was going to get this work. Now, when I had more time, my business got more. I replaced that time with more business time. And if you're not currently doing the small time you have left, is that you're not going to do it more time? Yeah, you're going to waste your time. I agree. And you're going to be like, oh, where's the REL said you take the leap? And it's like, no, it's not what we said. It's not it. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. So I promise you, like, I'm not going to, you are a busy man. Yeah. I, rec- I recognize that. But I just, I think because we're high eyes, even when we do trust faith a little bit more, 
Um, there's always like I'm not telling you to do what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we gotta have the the plan in place so that you can have what you need in place so that you can you can trust God. Yeah, you can it. trust yourself. Come on. So yeah, thank you so much. No, I appreciate you. Thank you for giving us all the it's value. Good. That's good. Yeah. I hope y'all enjoyed. Like I'm a storyteller, so I hope y'all enjoyed <laughs> the stories and all that stuff. Let's Absolutely. Go. So if y'all connected with words the story, um, if they want to get stay connected with you, learn yeah. a little bit more, or if they want to. Um, Join Dream Builder. You know what I'm saying? How, how can they find yeah, you? How can they get connected? Join the nation. Yeah. Yeah, so just follow me at, at Words Taylor on um on IG and then everything else is in the link in my bio. Um Dream Builder Nation is, you know, you have to click the link and see if we're open, if we're taking new um new dream builders. Cause you know, sometimes we act, we like to act a little bougie like. You know what I'm saying? We ain't taking everybody right now. Let's just but yeah, click the link in my bio, see if we open and if we are out the application let's get it let's get it y'all know what to do until next time i'll see you next week thank y'all so much peace out yeah.